We continue with talking about the versus movies here on Script to Screen as we discuss the monster, titan, or kaiju movies with the two icons of the genre, Godzilla and King Kong. Kenyatta, Mark, and I talk about the history behind these two screen giants, the different interpretations throughout the years, and give our thoughts on the latest Godzilla vs. Kong. Remember, you can join the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and RSVP for an online screenwriting forum, peer-reviewing scripts, giving feedback on fellow writers' work, or networking with them as well. If you have missed a forum or two, you can watch a recording on our YouTube channel. We hope to see you at one of the events live. Enjoy the podcast. So I want to give a nice hearty welcome to screenwriters, aspiring writers, film lovers, and everyone in between to the latest episode of Script to Screen, the Boston Screenwriters Group podcast hosted by myself, Jeffrey Chang-Stewart, Kenyatta Hoskins, and Mark Liddell, where we come in and discuss and give screenwriter, filmmaker, and film lovers perspective on movies and various other forms of media-related topics. Whenever you're giving us a listen, morning, noon, or night, we hope to be a great part of your listening cues. We know the world is a little off kilter at the moment right now. It is getting better, but we hope to be a good part of the good stuff in your day with these in-depth discussion on film tv streaming and other things we love i'll start out with the intros i've been a co-organizer of the boston screenwriters group for over five years helping out the founder deborah sharif with the meetups where we help any level of experienced screenwriter peer review the screenplays with other members i'm also a local filmmaker on the lower end of budgets but i'm always up with coming uh with always ready to film and coming up with movie ideas now with all that said i'll pass it off to my co-organizer and friend kenyatta good morning happy ishtar and I've been with Boston Screenwriters Group for over five years, been a co-organizer for uh, three years now. And um, pretty much um, every other Saturday, every other Tuesday, we do our, um, our, our group, we give feedback to scripts. So uh, any screenwriters out there, uh, come check us out. Boston Screenwriters Group, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, YouTube, we're on all the, you know, all the uh, good stuff, uh, Instagram, and what's the other one? Um, what's the other one? Instagram, what's the, uh, what's the other one? Twitter, there, yeah. there you go. What's that? Snapchat? Oh, no, we're not on Snapchat. Snapchat. Not quite, Snapchat. Not, not, not quite, not there. Sorry. We might work on it, we might work on it. <laughs> <laughs> we might work on it, man. Yeah, but thanks yeah, for the suggestion. Yeah. yeah, we might work on it. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, unfortunately, I'm the only on Facebook, so I'm old school, you know, so I haven't, you know, I'm not that hip yet where I'm getting, I, I have Twitter and I have um, Instagram as well, but I'm probably ever on those things, so I'm not that hip yet. So uh, anyways, um, I'm happy to be here. And I'm Mark Lydell, much like Kenyatta, old school on Facebook only in part because I just can't keep up with all this stuff. It's just too much. And also I've always found it to be uh, intrusive to, to always be accessible to everybody at all times on all platforms. So anyway, Mark Lydell, longtime Boston educator um, and recently uh, kind of newly minted uh, educational uh, consultant in the Boston area. Um, also big fan of film and theater. Um, in a past life, it seems I was uh, on stage and also on this very, 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 very small screen um, in Detroit, doing some repertory theater work as well as some uh, film school acting. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, being nostalgic today and looking back at my childhood at some of these uh, monsters from my Saturday morning uh, creature double feature uh, 
watchings when I was a little tiny tot. So looking forward to getting into this uh, with uh, Godzilla and Kong. Certainly. So we're continuing our versus uh, sort of themed podcast. Uh, instead of uh, the comic book movies, we're going into the MonsterVerse or Titanverse, however you want to phrase it. Uh, so Godzilla versus Kong just dropped on uh, theaters and uh, HBO streaming just uh, recently on the 30th. So we figured it's a good time to talk about the sort of go into the history of these uh, of these movies that both uh, both the sort of um, the mythos behind uh, Godzilla and King Kong and uh, their sort of how they relate and how they've changed over the years sort of to uh, cater to different audiences and different expectations sort of and, uh, maybe uh, can start with off with a sort of history whether the probably I don't know most likely original King Kong from 1933 uh, I have not actually seen it. I've seen, of course, the clips from it. Uh, it's, uh, but uh, maybe someone else can chime in about it. Uh, with uh... Well, well, for me, I, I did see it on TV. And I was a, I was a child, so um, I haven't seen it since then. Um, it came on, I think it may, may have been Channel 7, you know, in Boston. So I... I mean, it's pretty much, if you saw Peter Jackson's King Kong, it's pretty much the same thing, but was stop motion, basically. It was weird. I mean, they didn't have the technology. I mean, we, we are talking 1933. It is what it is, but pretty much the same storyline as Peter Jackson's um, uh, King Kong, but, you know, a lot less CGI. <laughs> Actually, zero CGI. It was stop motion uh, to kind of pull off the special effects. You know, but you know they didn't have that technology back then, and but the storyline's the same. Yeah, I, I did see uh, the thirty-three uh, Kong. Obviously, again on TV, it wasn't around back then myself, um, but I've seen it a couple times on TV when I was a kid. Um, it would come on um, at least once a year. I was a fan of watching the Saturday kind of creature features, the Saturday kind of thriller movies, and with the limited offerings in terms of channels that were around then. Um, they would only have kind of horror or monster movies on once a week. That'd be on Saturday afternoons after the cartoons were over. And I'd seen, you know, Kong, the, the earliest um, uh, iteration of Kong. And even for, you know, folks like myself who were young kids, and that movie was, was ancient, basically, by, by movie standards. Uh, we were all kind of, you know, transfixed by this idea of Kong. Of course, being in my single digits, not seeing the connection initially with uh, um, imperialism or, or Western meddling into other uh, cultures, uh, and of course the extraction of Kong, paralleling the extraction of, of of people from their native lands to work in and be slaves, to, to enslaving people, right um, through torture and whatnot. The idea that 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 Kong um, represented was a stand-in for people who were exploited um, to make money, even though that's obviously what was happening with Kong, right? So I have that kind of connection with Kong. Of course, there were other iterations. There was even an 80s one uh, um, with Jessica Lange uh, in the, the Fay Ray kind of role. And then, of course, you had the Peter Jackson uh, version that happened in the 2000s. Yeah, um, the one with Jeff Bridges, is that the one you're referring to? 
Yeah, I think Jeff Bridges played was in was in the same one for Jessica Lange. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I did. I didn't see it. it was a. It was really big back then. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's as big as it these are nowadays. You know, it was like seventy nine or eighty or somewhere in there. Seventy seven. Seventy seven. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I remember growing up seeing the posters and all that, but I I didn't see it in the theater. Um. I mean, I've seen the other stuff like Jaws and all that kind of stuff and Star Wars around that time. I guess my family wasn't into, because, uh, you know, I'm really young back then. So I only went to the movies, you know, when my parents wanted to go. So they probably didn't want to see that. I don't know, for whatever reason, and see that. But I saw it like, I'm talking about 20 years later, maybe. I think I saw it probably 10 years ago, perhaps. And um, like I said, the technology still hasn't caught up yet, uh, but they did the best they could do. I mean, they did a decent job for what they, you know, that was accessible to them. It wasn't a bad movie from what I can remember. So, but it was it was a hit. People loved the 1977 version, and um, and like you mentioned, the Peter Jackson version. I personally, I saw. I saw it in theater and I also saw the extended cut. I prefer the extended cut. Personally, I, I, I like it. Um, I, I, would, I, would, I would put that up against the, the new Kongs and Godzilla, the whole monster verse um, in terms of, you know, people you like action and everything like that. Um, and the special effects are pretty good. So I put, I, I'll put that Peter Jackson version up against you know, um, this, you know, this new, the newest one in any day of the week, you know, but growing up, um, especially in Boston, Massachusetts, we have what we call creature double feature. And um, if people don't know who that, what that is, basically every Saturday after the morning cartoons came on and they went off around 12 o'clock and they will show different things like martial arts films and also show a whole lot of uh other stuff monster stuff um you know really low budget monster films but one of the biggest um things that they made with godzilla they showed i i really didn't see the the, the, the very first godzilla i think it came out i think you said 1950 am i correct 1955. Yeah. 55. They never showed that one, but they showed the ones that came out in the 60s, you know, around that area. And um, I mean, they were all over the place, man. It was tons of them. I mean, you had, I remember BJ's, if you don't know what BJ's is, it's like this, uh, one of those big box stores, and it had the whole set of the, v, the VC, VHS tapes. They had um, Mothra in there. They had, um, there's a Gamara, the one with the turtle. That was one of my favorite ones outside Kong and Godzilla, um, if, if people know what I'm talking about. Um, that, was pro- that was probably your favorite one too, because, you know, it was, it was, it was like one of the good guys and he would fight, you know, the, the bad guys, all the bad monsters in this case. But um, you have Mechagodzilla, you had um, 
the, the son of Godzilla, Gazuki. Um, I mean, you just had like a plethora of, you know, all these different Godzilla films coming out. And it was basically an actor in the suit, you know, and then um, their, their form of special effects, low budget special effects were using car models to kind of, you know, they didn't use real cars, but they'll get up close, you know, and then you had like, and I've seen them making a, a couple of them, but you have people in the suit that they'll, they'll build the set below toy tanks and all that kind of stuff and cities. And, but guess what? You know something? I mean, for people listening and haven't seen uh, these films, they were fun. You know, back then, this is before CGI, this is before all this um, technology we have today. They kind of represent this um, realistic, you know, because even the new Kong, uh, Godzilla versus Kong is very super hyper realistic looking. And because they had the technology to pull it off, what we didn't have back in the 60s and 70s. And um, even Star Wars, they use like, uh, you know, uh, this kind of like the same techniques. Um, but it was it was it was fun. The stories were fun, um, and you know, and to this day, if you look back, it's just, it's just not, it's a nostalgic you know thing to do to to go back and kind of look and you think about your childhood. But um, like I said, they were fun. So yeah, you mentioned you know the. The, the stop motion with Kong and then also with Godzilla, you know, individuals who are in suits. And for me, um, when I was watching the latest, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, I was missing that, right? I mean, of course, you can't expect to go back to the 1970s, 1960s technology and have someone don a suit. But I think that's, again, what you kind of mentioned, part of what made it fun was that it was just that, it was somebody in a suit and you could tell that it was, it was kind of cheesy in a way, but it was still interesting. And um, at some point when you have CGI and it gets to be um, just so smooth um, and you know flawless, it's almost like watching somebody play a video game, right? It's almost like, you know, for me at least, you know, yeah, it looks realistic, but at the same time, if, if everything, if the monsters, if the backgrounds, everything in the screen is completely CGI, at what point does it go from being live action to, okay, these scenes are a video game or these scenes are uh, watching an animated movie or cartoon, which is fine, but, um, I think when I'm watching a live action uh, movie, I want to, you know, have a sense or a feel that it, there's something live about it. It's almost like um, there was some criticism about the early kind of Sam Raimi Spider-Man uh, movies and that the movement of Spider-Man um, didn't look like it was like uh, had gravity to it or weight to it. Um, that there was, you could tell it was almost like a video game. It, it, it was, it's completely CGI. And I think some of that comes through with this. Now you can tell there, there's weight with these characters, but there's still something about it that that, that makes it um, a little less interesting because it feels like someone's playing a video game in front of me. Yeah, you mentioned uh, sort of the original iterations of, the, of these characters, especially Kong is sort of a you know, proto-commentary, if you will, on imperialism and slavery and uh, uh, oppression of uh, one race over another in order to uh, uh, 
be taken from your homeland. And uh, with Godzilla in the 55, uh, directed by Shigeru Kayama, it's uh, really an allegory, for, direct allegory for the atomic bomb droppings uh, at the end of World War II uh, and the aftermath that the Japanese people had to deal with uh, picking up the pieces. Uh, and it was sort of a different way of exploring that trauma, you know, that collective trauma of a nation uh, after one losing World War II and being completely devastated afterwards. And uh, this conjuring up this Godzilla thing that's a product of uh, a nuclear fallout uh, to be sort of that uh, focal point. So the original, so, um, uh, so that those are the original sort of incarnations of both Godzilla and Kong. And uh, so we sort of mentioned uh, uh, how they've changed uh, the 70s uh, with Kong and uh, throughout uh throughout uh, godzilla's run he becomes more of a hero uh he becomes more of a, a people's champ if you will he's taking on all the other titans and he's uh standing up for uh, uh japan uh you know being the it's its savior and uh, which brings us sort of to the the, the current run uh, uh with uh, these titans uh with uh, 2014's godzilla and uh, in my money, a pretty solid movie. Um, they, I think, they capture the sort of the scope of uh, Godzilla. You know, he's not—he's no longer someone just running around in a rubber suit. He's, you know, he's a giant CGI creation. But they make sure you understand he's a giant. Like he's taller than any skyscraper. He's like bigger than—he's um, bigger than anything else that that uh, has ever walked the earth. Even bigger than dinosaurs. Like they—they uh, they really give you the scope. The filmmakers doing that one, and uh, it's very appreciative you know the human stuff you know as with i think it's a common thread in most of these uh most of these movies the human stories just uh, don't measure up uh, and that's you know that's a product of sort of the, the the storytelling that you're concentrating much more on the titans and uh, uh their fights or their um or how they relate to um uh, how do they how they relate to the humans in, in uh, their incarnations but uh so, um, and then came uh, Kong Skull Island, which kind of returned him back to his roots, if you will, <laughs> like his uh, uh, sort of the, the primal nature of, of Kong uh, when they, uh, in, the, in the Vietnam setting, which is, it, it's always interesting uh, when they, 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 I don't know, I, I haven't quite figured out what the commentary is on there, or maybe there isn't a commentary uh, with uh, tying it in with the end of the Vietnam War and the, um, sort of these soldiers that are at the end of their wits end uh, and they just want they just want one more victory over uh, over Kong uh, and then uh, uh, King of Monsters which uh, we kind of discussed uh, you know pre-recording is kind of a mess <laughs> like um, so they uh, uh, they they really wanted to get everybody in uh, this was uh, so this was the sort of uh, the, the Justice League of Titans, if you will. They just tried to put in every single Titan with uh, and try to spin off every single origin story all at once. And uh, the problem with that is that um, uh, there's no real story there. There's uh, it's just a whole mess of like, uh, you know, stuff to come. You know, they're all it's a bunch of trailers for movies to come rather than it being its own story. Uh, and which is why I, I do appreciate uh, the latest one, Godzilla versus Kong. You know, brings together two sort of screen icons uh, together. Uh, it's not their first time, uh, first not, not the first verses, but uh, this is probably the most high tech version uh, with uh, 
a ton of uh, mo motion capture and CGI work. But uh, I think they, they uh, for the most part, it is fun. Uh, that's that's basically it's. They really they, they capture sort of uh, um, the, the the thrill of seeing these two sort of sort of these two titans and uh, kaiju in a, in a in a in a cage match basically uh, in order for supremacy over each other. Were you calling uh, King of the Monsters? The Joss Whedon Justice Joss League. Whedon Justice League of the we need. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if Zack Snyder can come in, give us a four-hour cut, and uh, you know, give us an origin for uh, Rodan or uh, Ghidorah or, or something. But I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's basically what I what I felt on the, the you know the previous entry, uh, King of the Monsters. Um, you know, and uh, you know they nuke Boston basically at the end. Uh, spoilers for uh, you know for for Mark, but the, the, yeah, they they end up in Boston and uh, uh, <laughs> they basically nuke the entire like East Coast. Uh, they kind of all radioactive now. I'll be like a basically, yeah. Line. No, if you're not dead, you're radioactive now. Basically, <laughs> I mean, um, uh, I mean that's interesting. I yeah, I can't remember. There was another one where the end. The, the there's like a. Oh, there, there's like some there's like some disaster that happens in boston also i can't remember it it's a recent one but uh no uh, so yeah king of the titans it ends up yeah the godzilla going nuclear and basically destroying boston and most likely the rest of the east coast <laughs> along with it so i mean it's returning him to his roots uh, he's a sort of an allegory for nuclear warfare but uh um it's that's that's one way to to give to have him uh, reign supreme, if you will, up until uh, this incarnation when he has to deal with Kong now. So, so if King of the Monsters is Joss Whedon's Justice League, I guess this is Batman versus Superman. Is this Kong? Is uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Oh, in the man. sense that, at some point, for those who haven't seen it, um, they cease being foes, right? Toward the end, you know, um. But uh, someone says Martha, and then you know, basically, uh, <laughs> Mecca. Someone, well, okay, spoilers. Uh, the Mecca, someone says Mecca, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, they, have uh, yeah, photo, they have a common photo <laughs> to take. plays his Lex Luthor, you know, role, <laughs> but, but no, here's the thing I, I think about um, watching you know, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and I was trying to find an angle, some kind of way to. To, to talk about it and, and this kind of versus deal. And over the years, you've had, um, of course, this movie, Batman v Superman. We've also had, we're going to keep it in the creature. This is kind of creature esque, or maybe even horror, Freddy versus Jason. And Kong is definitely Freddy in this argument. And, and Jason is Godzilla because um, people can, in, in some ways, communicate with Kong. If not just through a little kid, but it's still Kong's a primate. Long and short of it, Kong, Kong has a lot more human uh, characteristics or qualities about him that make him relatable. I think, um, and in the same way, you, you can at least talk to Freddy. You can't talk to Jason. There's no, you know, ra rationalizing or reasoning uh, with Jason. Jason just tears shit up, right? He just kills people, and and and, and Godzilla just tears shit up, right? And that, that and that's basically the relationship. Um, Kong is one that you can have some kind of a, at least in this um, iteration, some type of a, a communication with her, not control over, but you can, you can work with him. You can't work with Godzilla. Godzilla's going to do what Godzilla wants to do, right? So I've, I've found obviously Kong a little more uh, relatable. And, I'm, and as you kind of touched upon before, I've always kind of wondered about 
Godzilla and Godzilla's relationship with people and how we should feel about Godzilla because again he's gone from um this this menace uh on Japan uh to as I think you alluded to before we started like a plush toy at some point where he becomes um friendly at least in the cartoons things of that nature it's like well who is who the hell is Godzilla my question well he is whatever he chooses to be it's kind of like Superman it's like Superman um, comes from Krypton. Another, so he's basically he's an alien. He comes here and he's so powerful because the closer he gets to the sun, the more powerful he gets, right? And uh, humans, we're insecure and we're suspicious. It's like at any time he wants to turn into somebody evil, how can we stop him? Uh, you think about movies like Brightburn and you think about Red Sun. You know, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, the same thing with Godzilla. If he chooses to be bad, you know, because there was a, um, I think it was, uh, it was a King of the Monsters. Somebody said, "Thank God he's on our side," and that was like the last scene because he really kicked um, the one with the three heads, kicked his, kicked that monster's ass. It took a while, but after he kicked that ass. That's when the guy made that statement. So um, that kind of resonated. And the same thing we can say about Superman. Thank God he's on our side. Because remember when he was he was evil. Not, I wouldn't say evil, but he was a bad guy for a brief seconds after he got resurrected in um, the last, you know, the Justice League, the um, both iterations of the Justice both Josh Reading and the, um, Snyder, who was briefly, who was fighting with the Justice League, the rest of the uh, Justice League. And, you know, he was just tearing them apart. So luckily, you know, they got him to come around. And the same thing with this newest movie. Because, like, when I saw the preview, I was like, why is he tearing shit up? Because isn't he supposed to be good? And then it kind of explains once you see the film, you see why that was, okay? So um, when you have somebody that powerful, you're just hoping they're on your side. And a lot of stuff you guys, there's a lot to unpack with all the stuff you guys are saying, right? But um, Quentin Tarantino and Glorious Bastards, there's a scene when they're in the basement, they're playing that game. And he had an interesting, um, uh, what you call it, interpretation of what Kong is really about. I don't know if anybody's seen that film. Glorious Bastards, but check that out. Check that. Check out, especially that scene when they talk about Kong. Um, in terms of this newest uh, Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong, or is it Kong versus Godzilla, whatever, right? Um, you think about you have to. Of course, it's a spoiler. So you have Mecha Godzilla. It's kind of like right. What are we going through right now? We're going through like when you go to stop a shop, all the cashiers. Bitch, you have one or two cashiers now. Everything is self-serve. You go to the gas station, self-serve. Um, then you hear stories about having vending vend- vending machines at McDonald's so they have less staffing. Um, I went to a theater, I think it was um, the Commons, right? So we go there. I'm like, damn, where are all the staff? Everything is self-serve. You get what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, that people are being replaced 
right? So, and that's what they were trying to do with this film. They were using, they weren't, they weren't going to wait and see if, uh, when will Godzilla be, go be good or bad? Let's, let's create our own stuff to fight, you know, to get rid of these things. So it's kind of like the machines. It's like we're using machines in a way um, so we don't need humans anymore. We won't need, you know, so, so, so in terms of allegory, like you said, in 1950, you had the allegory of the time of bomb, what have you. And the funny thing is, and this is why this stuff is timeless, because 20 years from now, you could still have uh, this, this, this monster verse or this Titan verse and whatever's going through at that time, you can use the allegory to kind of fit the zeitgeist, you know, that exists during that time. You could do that 20 years from now, 40 years from now. Because this Kong thing, that's all like the film Kong came out in 1933. And that's almost a hundred years ago, you know. So um we're still doing it, but we're letting the allegory fit our times. So so it's malleable in that sense, where you could go 20 years, 50 years from now, and you could fit whatever allegory that makes sense for the time that, you know, um, it's in. Yeah, you mentioned uh, sort of the different iterations and how they've sort of uh, grafted uh, these uh, titans into, you know, diff for, for different commentaries and different uh, allegories. Uh, so I guess, yeah, it is a good point that uh, so these uh, forces of nature versus the encroachment of technology, I guess, if you really want to try to ponder like what the uh, what the story is, uh, what what this, uh, what Godzilla versus Kong is, is sort of trying to tell us uh, or try to impart. Uh, it's sort of, um, uh, you know, um, man's domination, uh, man's attempt at dominating nature uh, will probably fail, like uh, because um, uh, because the. Uh, because the, the the natural world is just unpredictable and primal and uh, just unforgiving, or rather than anything that we could create on our own, uh, you know, in this case represented by Mechagodzilla who shows up at the end um, and, and is defeated by uh, a team up uh, because uh, uh, you can't really settle the, I guess you can't really settle the debate Kong versus Godzilla in uh, their first uh, versus movie. So you have to have something, uh, a, a, uh, common threat or a common foe to come in and they team up and uh, a tag team if you will so it's like uh, pro wrestling like you have uh, uh, you have the, the the two team ups and the and uh, tagging in and tagging out in order to try and defeat uh, their, their uh, common nemesis but uh, yeah uh, it's, it's yeah I mean well, we see that very apparent uh, the, the changing sort of um, uh, changing ways that people have interpreted uh, these uh, these icons. Well, if you have uh, God, like you mentioned before, um, Mark, about Godzilla most represents humans, humanity, and maybe Godzilla represents Kong. more nature, right? Kong, excuse me, what did I just say? Okay, Kong represents more, you know, humanity. And Godzilla represents more kind of like nature. And you have like Godzilla's technology. So you have every all these things thrown in there. So it started off as like man versus nature. And then they team up. So maybe that could be a commentary of maybe we should be coexisting with 
nature and working together in collaboration, mm-hmm. you know, um, and technology is kind of like, you know, it can throw that, it could throw, I mean, technology, you know, if you lean on technology too much, you could throw things out of balance, so to speak, you know, so maybe I'm thinking too deeply about it, but, you know, um, I'm just kind of, you know, that's just something that kind of crossed my mind. But hey. I also want to, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that, that sounds that sounds accurate, you know, the idea that, you know, technology running amok. And here we have, you know, um, the former, I guess, foes coming together uh, to defeat you know, what man has done, what man has created, man trying to play God. Um, here's nature, as you put it, and, and uh, a primate. Um, defeating or correcting i would say uh man's folly of creating this this uh mecha godzilla yeah you're right yeah yeah and just i just want to talk a little bit about um king of the monsters now in, in terms of i guess this this new film you know um uh congress is uh godzilla oh this is godzilla versus kong whatever yeah. right kong. which yeah. which one is it godzilla's first technically yeah yeah okay well you know but anyways and um so it's four films you have the 19 uh excuse me 2014 godzilla and then um you have the next one that came out is um kong skull island and then you have the king of the monsters then you have this which is kind of strange because you know the kong i didn't even know I mean, story-wise, you see the connection, but the, the thing is, the 2014 Godzilla and the King of the Monsters seem like they belong together. And for some reason, the Kong Skull Island and the new one seems, even though there are story connections, it just seems like, I guess, from you know um, the tone and, and, and think about all four films have all have different directors completely different directors and, and but the tone in the 2014 and the 2019 they have similar tone they seem like they belong together and and it's like um kong it just seems that's more like it seemed because like this it seemed like there was a complaint with godzilla in 2014. when i first saw that i was disappointed i mean i didn't, I didn't hate it but you know, I, didn't, I felt like there wasn't enough of Godzilla in it. Okay, when that's when I first saw it. But now, I, I to be honest with you, I think this was my favorite one out of the four. And um, I learned to appreciate after, you know, I've seen it at least three times now. And I liked it better the second time than I did the first time. And the third time, I saw it yesterday, actually, for the third time. And... You know, like I said, I appreciate more. And the reason why I say that, because I actually like the human story in Godzilla, because, I mean, if you think about the um, the scene where he had to push the button to close the door, you know, sacrifice his wife, you know, opposed to um, say to save everybody else. And the, and, and the um, that is just some powerful stuff well acted of course you know he's good at brian cranston is always good um and then you have the son 
the son, he grows up and his family dynamic and um, the choices he had to make. The human, if you take out the uh, monster stuff, you still have a movie. You know what I'm saying? So, but I guess with all the complaints, they go to Kong, um, Kong on um, uh, Skull Island. Um, they had a lot of action. And, and I and I and I do I, I like I like the, the first time I saw it the second time, I think I've seen it like three times, you know so far. So I liked it every time. I, I think it's I think it's you know I think of it as like an action film, um, you know the the human stories were, were fine. So it was like it was it was cool, right? So it's like watching you know a drive-in monster film of the week, you know. So, um, and then, then you have King of the Monsters. When I first saw that, I was highly disappointed. Uh, fell asleep, you know, I just, it was just a bunch of color and, and, and uh, lights and, and, and noise, you know. But I saw it a second time. And I saw it again yesterday. But um, the second time I saw it, I appreciated it a lot more. I actually thought there was a good story. I kind of liked the idea about there being an alpha and controlling every everything else. And um, I think there was there was more monster uh, you know scenes at King of the Monster compared to Godzilla. And um, you know, yeah, I, I you know I agree with you that you know to me it felt more epic, but usually when you try to do epics in two hours, it hits different if you make it kind of like a three hour, you know what I'm saying? So I know a lot of people grown with, with long movies, but when you talk about epics, I think epics should be, you know, at least two and a half hours, three hours, three and a half hours around there somewhere. And I think that um, it could have been expanded. I think we could probably would have improved it, but as it is, you know, I still, you know, I still like the, um, it had a lot of uh, deep, mature philosophical conflicts that were going on, and uh, the mother was kind of like had that Thanos, you know, philosophy. You know, um, the whole. I mean, it, it, I mean, she has some truth. You may not like her method, but you 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 get the idea of what she's trying to do, the intention. You know, you may not like the method, but. Um, but I also want to agree with Mark when you said about Spider-Man um, having no weight to it. And I think Spider-Man, when I came out, the, um, the Sam Ramai, uh, Spider-Man, when I came out, I think that came out like mid nineties. I think we came a long way because now in this new, you know, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Now um, the way they shot it, I think Pacific Rim did a fantastic job as well. So, you know, the directors and cinematographers have found a way to, to make the size and scope of these creatures or these monsters kind of like, they got the scale right, you know, in terms of, you know, um, make you feel like these things are gigantic and you only have so much space to do it in. The angles, were interesting 
like when they're in a helicopter and you can see when they're up close to Godzilla, you can see inside his mouth, when, he, when it roars. Um, just the different angles, man. And um, the colors of Japan, because you know Japan, as you see a lot of films that depict Japan, all these lights, neon lights and so on and so forth. I thought that was, you know, a magnificent backdrop, uh, you know, when it comes to this fight. So it was very colorful, kind of like, um, if you think about video games, how like you could choose which ring to use, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, if, if this was a video game, I would, I would probably favor this backdrop because it's, everything's colorful, everything. It makes just things a lot more aesthetically pleasing. So as it isn't some kind of drab or just, you know. But anyways, um, I think they came a long way since Sam Ramai's um, Spider-Man when it comes to CGI. Right. I was thinking, you know, you talk about scale of the beings, of the monsters, if you will. I'm always trying to, every time I'm watching a movie like this with a Kong or a Godzilla, or whatever, in the very beginning of the movies, I'm trying to look at the monster's size to see if there's some consistency throughout the movie. And one of the very first things that, that Kong did was he, he actually you know, made a spear out of a tree, right? So he kind of peels off the bark and, and, and makes a spear and he throws it. But I, so I, just, I made a note to myself, okay, this is the size of Kong. You can kind of, he wraps his hand um, around a tree and peels off the bark and the tree kind of fits nicely in his hand. Then later on, he's like throwing a fighter jet and the fighter jet just fits, you know, the, the, the um, nose of it fits barely into his hand or, or actually his, his hand gets around it, I, I believe. And it's like, okay, well, that's kind of inconsistent. That, that's kind of nitpicking, I think, but I'm just trying to always figure out how big actually are these Titans and, and I guess in that one instance, there wasn't consistency, but I guess if I have a bone to pick with the movie, um, it is it's really frustrating because I don't think there's really any purpose at all for um, a certain group of characters, but for to discover Mechagodzilla, right? It's almost like if there's another way, another way to, to have the discovery of Mechagodzilla without having the Millie Bobby Brown uh, and the Scooby gang, I guess, I guess uh, you'd say uh, Brian, um, but uh, Tyree Henry and this other guy, their only purpose seems to be to find Mega Godzilla. And there's a lot of investment in these characters throughout the whole movie just to have that one you know bit of revelation. I think there's another device, something else you could have used to discover Mega Godzilla rather than have these three characters in it. They could have saved some money and not paid for these characters <laughs> on another way of of, of um discovering that. I think I think that role that Brian played i think that was embarrassing i mean i like him in atlanta yeah, but it's like it's like this kind of like uh it just remind me of um what's the i'm trying to be nice here i'm try, trying to choose my words correctly but kind of like a step and fetch it yeah uh just a, a buffoon it was just i i didn't get it i mean it was just it was I, I, every time he was on screen i hated it um it's like, dude, you're you're a decent actor, and uh, you're at least better than what you know in, in this in this movie. Out of all the four movies, I think in terms of the human element, was the this movie had the worst human element in it. Out of well, you, all four films, 
and I, I think you know with his character, and I think it's pretty obvious to me when looking back at it. You know, um, they tried their best to diversify the cast. Right, you've got Brian Tyree Henry, you've got um, uh, Damon Bashir um, and Isa Gonzalez representing the Latina com com Latino component. Um, obviously, you've got Asian characters. They're, they're, this is happening in Hong Kong. Um, so, and then, you know, of course, you have to have some white leads uh, as, as movies go. But so I think that was their attempt to diversify, but they could have cut that out. I mean, I, I just, I didn't appreciate Brian uh, Tyree Henry's character at all. I think it was a waste. It, it should be on the cutting room floor. Um, and I think it's beneath him to, to be in that role. Well, that's the thing about the human characters in all these movies, you know, you know, all the way back to maybe the best representation was probably in the original versions, uh, in 1933 and then 1954. Um, it's just finding something for the humans to do while these, you know, gods are basically just having it out. Like you have to find some way to like have a human story because, you know, humans go see these movies. <laughs> like as much as we just want to see, you know, a kaiju fight, uh, you need to have like some human vessel in order to like guide you along and uh yeah sometimes that's uh not a detour you really want sometimes you just want to see godzilla versus kong and that uh that that's true here i think yeah and you're, you're right yeah that's an entire sort of uh, storyline with emily bobby brown who's just who's basically there's a carryover from king of the monsters from her character in the previous uh, movie but um and the yeah they're just they're they're there to explain uh, Mechagodzilla and, uh, and to give him to give it a little bit more weight, if you will, uh, rather than just having him show up, um, uh, you know, right at the end to, to be as the uh, main uh, main protagonist or main thing to fight at the end. But yeah, that is that has been sort of the the criticism lobbied against um, all four of these movies. Uh, you know, the human element really is not uh, is not up to par. Uh, and I and for the most part, yeah, I agree. But that's not really what you come in for. That's not why you buy the tickets. Uh, you know, you're going to see Godzilla. You're going to see the Titans and Kong. And uh, the humans are really just there, just as a plot device. You know, they're just there to reveal. Um, um, they're there to sort of uh, sometimes help Godzilla, sometimes not help Godzilla, sometimes help Kong, sometimes not to help Kong. Um, but uh, they're mostly just there as just a way to uh, just a just yeah, just as plot devices and just as sort of uh, subplots in order to like help. Um, Hope try to uh, um, try to try to give more try to give more humanity to these characters when uh, most of the time uh, most audiences they'd rather just see you know uh, just a big old uh, just uh, just beat down and uh, rather than uh, rather than a, a true story arc. Well, you know, I hear what you're saying. I hear people say that a lot, and if you take out all, all the uh, fight. First of all, I'm a, I'll give a 10, to, like I said, the special effects, the CGI, and all the fighting scenes. I give that a 10, a 10 out of a 10. All right. But if you were to take out all the fighting scenes, how much movie is that? Like probably 20 minutes, half an hour, maybe? Something you could watch on YouTube. Because to me, to totally, okay, yeah, that's what you're going in there for the fights. But... If that's the case, you might as well watch, watch it on YouTube. Just take out the fighting scenes and watch it on YouTube. You won't even need to watch the film. 
You get what I'm saying? So if you're, if you're watching a film, you got you have to make an entire film. It's like, you know, um, it shouldn't be an excuse to, um, you know, just to. It's, that's too much filler. You get what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you no, know that that reminds me of like buying an album because album costs more than a single. You get what I'm saying? And it's like an album with 17 songs and only two songs are good. I mean, two those two songs are very, very good. You know what I'm saying? So I'll say, shit, you might as well just have the single. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you're gonna have an album, at least try to make a good album. You know, um, so that's that's what my stance is on on that right there. Yeah, I guess in a sense it's almost like watching and I don't not to knock those who do, but like watching wrestling, right? It's just, at, at some point it just ends up being it's only the fight. And I think that you know, you got to have something, some some tendon, some connective tissue that makes it kind of connect, relatable to the audience and also kind of pulls in um, the humans in the movie. And I, I get what you're saying, uh, Jeff, about they're just kind of filling between the various kind of fight scenes. And I guess that's true. And maybe that's why, um, for me, I mean, I, I did watch this and I'm, I'm reviewing it now, um, but I wasn't as gung-ho because I've kind of thought about it in that way, that it's really the humans are connective tissue, right? And and um, I can watch that. I can watch Kong or Godzilla vs. Kong or any Kong movie anytime I want um, on TV and not really see it as a must-see thing for me. I, I got to watch it as soon as it comes out because there's it's just fight scenes in many cases. Uh, and there's not as much connection with, with the human element, which is kind of frustrating. But maybe it just means that I'm... I'm not a kid anymore. I don't know. I mean, I'm gets too old. Maybe I'm, I'm going to be a fogey or curmudgeon. I don't know. But it doesn't have the same feel for me as it did when I was a kid, obviously. Um, maybe my imagination was, was grander, was wider than when I was a kid. I don't know. And if you, if you think about it too, boxing, wrestling, even the NBA, yeah. you think about it, um, the color commentators of sports, and I, I'm just using NBA as an example. What they do, they spin. Uh, they may have hard takes, and they 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 spin and develop uh, narratives out, out of the players, and that kind of enhances you know you know um, the NBA watching experience. You know, and the same thing with wrestling. What they do, they create characters like Hulk Hogan. You know, they 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 have these narratives. You know, so it's not just fighting. I mean, you could just watch just fighting, but they, they what do they do? They create their own narratives and characterizations. Um, same thing with UFC, you know, um, MMA, you know. So even even football, I mean, you try to develop their narratives and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, on the surface, you're there for the fighting. I'm talking about like MMA. Are you there to watch dunks and whatever three pointers in the NBA? But in doing so, as a fan, you're also hearing the narratives. You, you you're learning LeBron James as a human, as a as kind of like that's a story. Curry, what's his story? This so 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 even though people think all they want. It's just that, like action scene, like Transformers. Uh, you think you're there only to see the fight scenes of Transformers, but what happens if you take out 
um, the human element and not make it interesting. It kind of, it's kind of flat. Yeah, I mean, you like seeing the scenes, but you can, you can go to YouTube and watch that. You know, so, but if you're going to make a movie, make a movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up a, sort of a sports analogy. Yeah, I mean, it's good seeing all the spectacular like dunks, home runs, touchdowns and what, but really uh, the reason why sports are what they are right now and uh, probably what the uh, what they have become are the stories, are the, the human, you know, these real human stories of, you know, uh, they try to graft whether, you know, how fictionalized or how sensationalized they are, you know, they, they are effective, uh, you know, whether that's... Um, <clears throat> Or that's the impoverished kid who comes up from nothing, you know, and becomes a you know a huge star, and or the, uh, or, or they have villains too. They have you know the entitled kid who is always you know the coach's son, and but uh, is able to just sort of uh, parlay his way onto onto the being a uh, uh, being on the field. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, sort of uh, what um, uh, the. That's sort of what the, these movies are trying to accomplish and you know uh, how much they succeed is kind of up to uh, every, every single person's own interpretation but again going back to the original you know incarnations of these characters especially Godzilla it really is more about the humans uh, the, especially the people of Japan uh, trying to cope with this terror that's just completely uh, the is um, it's unpredictable. It's uh, uh, it's completely devastating, and it's of course harkening. Of course, again, it's harkening back to uh, the atomic bomb droppings at the end of World War II, and uh, with Kong, we we talked about it, it's sort of uh, proto commentary on uh, colonialism, slavery, and um, it really is about um, uh, the fake characters. Uh, 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 sort of uh, arc in order to try to empathize with this beast, uh, you know, this primal beast that uh, that that uh, terrorizes, that ends up terrorizing New York, and uh, of course the famous sky, uh, the Empire State uh, uh, skyscraper uh, showdown at the end, and uh, in the Peter Jackson version, the, the Jack Black just flat out says uh, the theme of the movie at the end uh, that beauty killed the beast uh, in the end. Uh, so, but in these, but in these huge mashups, yeah, it's more like pro wrestling where you're just bringing these clash of uh, personalities and icons rather than just gra trying to graft a story around it. Uh, I guess you would have to go back to standalones uh, then in order to get your real sort of uh, uh, real effective stories and maybe go back to the, 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 the you know, go all the way back to how these characters were first interpreted in order to really find sort of the, the good story behind these, uh, these Titans and uh, these Titans and Kongs. Thank you as always for giving us a listen. We have much more to say on previous movies starring Godzilla and King Kong in part two. So keep a lookout for our continued discussion shortly. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast in the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button in Anchor.fm. You can find Kenyatta and I hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on Meetup.com and on YouTube with our forum recordings. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer reviewing script meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and other of life's pursuits. Continue on staying strong. Thank you.